Did you know that nearly 7 out of 10 people believe there's a likelihood of outliving their savings, yet nearly half of them have taken no steps to address that risk? In fact, nearly a third of Americans do not feel financially secure. Now, my guest today has been advising clients on building financially secure futures since the 1980s, or at least his company has. Today, Greg Oberlin is the president of Northwestern Mutual, where he is responsible for the company's strategy of growing, enhancing its field force, and delivering financial security to clients. He joins us on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett to help us better understand how to best protect our finances today and in the future. Welcome, Greg. He's one of the world's most respected business experts, Jeffrey Hazlett. I want to take you behind the scenes on what's happening in business today. And whether you're on Main Street or Wall Street, we're going to find out the secrets behind their success. This is All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Hey, Greg, first I have to ask, uh, what's new at Northwestern Mutual? I mean, you guys are such a big company. You always got something going on. Yeah, uh, Jeff, we're uh, we're really excited right now. We um, last year we purchased a uh, firm in uh, New York called LearnVest. They're a startup tech savvy uh, organization, and we bought them because we wanted to advance our our digital cap- capabilities. So uh, right now, a lot of companies are are uh, really focused on how are they going to incorporate uh, digital co- uh, capabilities into their business model. And uh, for us, we see this as a way to help create a really distinctive client experience. And LearnVest has the right uh, right talent, uh, right uh, digital platform to help uh, help us accelerate our progress in this area. So that's uh, kind of the lowest, uh, the latest and newest thing we've got going on. You know, I got to say because I want to disclose to the listeners out there, you know, one because I'll have legal over me as well. But I, but I used to be on your policy. I don't even know what the name of it was, but you remember policy owner examining committee. There we go. Because as a mutual company, you've got owners, and I was an owner, and I'm a, I have a policy with you guys. I've known. Uh, some of your leadership for many, many years and served on that for a year where we actually come in and put you under the microscope as owners and policyholders, and which is a very unique kind of process for a company of your size. It's, it's almost like a pseudo board of directors, but different. You have a separate board of directors, but th- it's really our job and task was to come in and grill you and make sure you were doing the right things and which of course we found out you were and it was very good it was very i one of the greatest experiences quite frankly of my career was doing that because of the things i learned that i didn't know well we appreciated the time you put into it jeff because as you recall it it was several days i think you had two trips out here to milwaukee yep and uh, you really did get a chance to go across the whole company and what what we really like about the process is every year we get a chance to kind of share with some great people, great policy owners with great backgrounds like yourself, we get to share what we're working on, what we're doing, what our business model is all about. And you guys get a chance to kick the tires and offer a lot of great suggestions and advice to us about how we can take a great company and make it even better. So it's really been, I'm um, glad to hear it was very rewarding for you, but we also get some great insights and uh, and we actually uh, move forward and implement some of the suggestions of our policy owner examining committee. Well, and, you know, quite frankly, I mean, th- these were very open discussions. I mean, we had the top leadership in there at the time, uh, your CEO and uh, a whole host of other executives in there. And, you know, we did a lot of kick, and it was really, if you remember way back when this was, that was like 2008, 2009, so it was right in the middle right. of, of the financial crisis. So everything was, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. 
And, exactly. You know, so there was a lot going on. You know, and the reason I bring this up, because you said something just a few minutes ago, which kind of relates, because I know you guys, and, and I have a great buddy that's been a managing director for you for years, and neighbor and so forth, back in my home in South Dakota. And he just retired, by the way, which I'm sure you know. Um, but yep. regardless of that, what I know you guys is for being very one-on-one. Because of the clientele in which you represent, very C-Swedish, very, right. you know, fairly right. affluent um, in terms yeah. of the, the people you serve. And it's one-on-one. But yet here you're talking about buying a technology company, which doesn't quite uh, fit into that mode. Right. You know, so um, I, I, we actually view it over here as uh, somewhat of an act of humility on the part of a 160-year-old company. Mm-hmm. Tremendous financial strength, tremendous track record of success. But yet we recognize, Jeff, that we just didn't have the capabilities here to really, again, accelerate the development of this digital client experience uh, on our own. So what do you, what do you so, mean by the digital client experience? Are you talking about the interaction yeah, so, I have back and forth, the forms that i yeah, got to fill out? Because, you know, I, I used to give my guy a hard time because I always had to fill out these forms all the time. I go, you already have this stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we've, we've evolved as a company, Jeff, as you know, you know, started as a insurance risk management uh, company with the main mm-hmm. focus on that. Now we've emerged. Uh, uh, we engage in financial planning with our with our clients and policy owners. We, we look at both uh, risk protection, but also growing wealth. And I think when you're in that more holistic, that more comprehensive type of approach with clients, the clients need to be able to connect with you in an easier format uh, when they want to connect on the devices they want to connect with you. Whereas in the old model, when we were just insurance, you know, you wanted to just make sure your insurance was enforced. Maybe once a year was enough to get a policy owner uh, statement in the mail. But when we're actually there at the center of your financial life dealing with risk protection and wealth accumulation and all that, we've we've got to have those digital capabilities that allow you to connect with us on a real-time basis. Yeah, and it's and it's all changing. Let me let me give you three stats to everyone that's listening in because I I found these just phenomenal. Nearly seven in ten believe there's a likelihood of outliving their savings, yet nearly half the people have taken steps to address the risk or the looming health care costs that they consider as the leading obstacle. To I mean, this is crazy that when I hear things like that. Or two thirds of Americans, sixty six percent, feel their financial planning needs improvement, but nearly half, 45%, say they don't know exactly where to get help or support. And then the last one I thought was interesting, two-thirds, 68% of respondents said that they did not currently have a trusted advisor who offers them some kind of comprehensive financial planning, yet 57% are interested in having an advisor. Why, why, right. do you, why do you think, you know, consumers are feeling so vulnerable right now? Yeah, well, you know, it's it's kind of the perfect storm going on right now, right? I mean, when you think about it, uh, never before have Americans more been more responsible for their own financial future and their own financial success as right now. I mean, our parents, our grandparents, you know, you could work for a company for a long period of time. When you retired, you had a pension plan, you had retiree health care. Uh, Social Security uh, today, uh, those things have gone have gone away at least uh, from the company perspective. Pension plans and retiree health care, so people are responsible uh, for putting together their own financial future and taking care of themselves. And you combine that with the um, high degree of skepticism that Social Security will even be there for you on down the road. So, right. so we did our survey. We found 25% of our respondents said they didn't think Social Security would be there. So. 
you've got to take action. You've got to come up with a plan and figure out how you are going to prepare for your retirement. And then combined with that, you've got the fact that people are living longer. So you've got the longevity risk on top of the fact that, again, you've got to take care of it yourself. And then the third thing is when you add in all the different rising costs that adult Americans face, you know, it could be you've got to put kids through college, maybe you've got an aging parent you may have to take care of. And then also this this point I just made about saving for retirement. You got all this stuff hitting you at the same time. And I think that's why people are feeling incredibly financially vulnerable right now. Well, I want to get I, I need to take a quick break, but I want to come back to that because I think there's a really good point that we're not. I don't think people have really come to to grips with. And that's the living longer portion. Let, let me you know, it, 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 we're talking finance here. So I want to bring in my folks from Liberty Tax because it's always great to have Liberty Tax on board all business. They're the fastest-growing retail tax preparation firm. So, yeah, if we're talking about insurance here, we're talking about your financial well-being. This is a great thing to also talk about is to get ready for the taxes with all of that that's going to come down the line. Hey, they've got over 4,000 offices in North America. It's a great seasonal franchise opportunity, too. And a lot of people have listened to the show and actually bought franchises. So if you're thinking about either a full-time uh, gig where you'd love to do that and run a couple of offices or many offices or, or just one or just working for it for part-time uh, during the season you want to look to liberty so let me get back to that because when you you know i mm-hmm. would you know we greg we always thought as we got older like and we said older like let's say right. 66 you know mid 60s or whatever you know that's when we're going to move in retirement some people are looking in earlier but yet now they're talking about us living to in our hundreds you know my grandmother right. lived to 105 i hope to gosh i do too but, you know, um, but now they're saying that some people are going to be living to 120, 130. And, you know, you've really got to put away a nest egg in order to be able to be ready for that, especially if you if you retire at 66. Yeah, yeah, you really you really do. You really do, Chuck. So that's why, you know, um, you know, as we do uh, our surveys, we find out that 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 fear of not having enough money in retirement is probably one of the, the highest ranked fears that we get through our our survey responses. And so I I think that's why it is so important that people put together a plan of, again, how are they going to save now during their working years and what's going to be their plan once they get into retirement, what is sometimes referred to as the decumulation phase, because you've got to make sure you're drawing down your savings in a smart way so you don't run out of money. And I think the way we in the industry have responded is, I think, um, and Northwestern Mutual, if I could toot our horn a little bit, we're the, we're the first company to come out with a product, we call it the portfolio-based uh, deferred income annuity. So this is an income annuity where you give us a sum of money, and then we agree at a certain date. So you set the date in retirement, maybe it's 65, maybe it's 70, maybe 80, and we agree to pay you a stream of money during that period of time that will last as long as you live. So what you can do is when you have an understanding of what what are the basic expenses you've got to cover in retirement, you could create, it's almost like creating your own pension plan for life through this product. And the other beauty of what we developed is it's participating, and as a mutual uh, policy owner, you understand this, it's participating so that if our investment returns are better than what we priced for, we give you that in the form of a dividend, which can add to the payment you receive every year. So 
again, the importance of it is you've got a product there that is at least going to cover that need. If you happen to live to 105, like you said, I think it was your grandmother did, mm-hmm. um, you've got this stream of income that's going to be there for you. So are you betting? So, Greg, how are you doing that? Are you, are, you know, is you, you're, you're making sure that there's a set number and you just figure up the math? Or are you guys betting on the actuary of a person's life and putting into the formula? I'm kind of curious about how you figure that out. Yeah, you know, we're pooling pooling the risk together. You know, it's the law of large numbers. You're going to have some people that will live longer. Unfortunately, there will be others who won't live as long. Mm -hmm. And and the whole idea behind insurance, right, is collectively you're there together to – the money's there for those who tend to live longer and for those who don't. You know, they're willing to say, but at least I had the peace of mind that if I was going to live to 105, you were going to pay me. Um, but what they give up is if they die at a younger age, again, there's, you know, um, it's, it's not gone. like they get all their yeah. money back. Yeah, it's point. not like right. they get yeah, it all it's, back. It's, it's gone, right? So It's gone. Yeah. Right, right. It's gone. So um, that combined with, you know, our assumptions, you know, with investment return and expense control and all that is what allows us to set Again, what we believe we can pay you uh, for the rest of your life. And like I said, the beauty of being with the mutual company and having this product be participating is if our assumptions were too conservative and we actually are performing at a better level, we'll return that, that access to you in the form of a dividend. Yeah, so, it's so, a, it's, so as an investment arm, you get, uh, I get participation in the upside. Of, exactly. Which you get participation be, in the upside. Yeah, which could be somebody's yep. downside, and and because they're not yep. around anymore. But that, I mean, but that's because, in essence, I think, you, I, know, you know, I don't want to be morbid yes. about it, but that, I mean, that's what we're talking about to some extent. That's and, what that's what we're talking about. And the other thing, the reason why that's important, Jeff, is today, as you know, in the investment world right now, we're in a really low interest rate environment. Yeah. So as we set what we can pay you and what we think we're going to make on the investment side, it's going to be a conservative number because it's such a that we're in such a low interest rate environment right now, and most of this is fixed income and instruments backing this up. So to the extent the market goes up and interest rates go up on down the road, you'll get the benefit of that um, through this participation feature. So you know Americans today, and I'll just use Americans because that's where we're talking. We're right here in the USA, but. They're living and they're working longer. So how is it affecting what they're looking at for insurance products? This is one, and I think it's a pretty good one. You know, I I, yeah. I know I've also looked at insur- the products where I can borrow against them from some time, time to time, which I've done uh, because I like to start up new businesses and I bet against myself. And right. so I've had that capital right. sitting there in, 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 in a, you know, in a yep. fund. I've used it from time to time when I needed to use that to do the startup. And then I, as soon as I get ahead, I pay it back off, you know. Um, right. Because exactly. I want that money earning interest. I want my, you know, and plus it's tied to, because the policies that are tied to if I die and there's a certain amount of cash in there, my, my wife would get more. So I, right. I want to I get that paid in as quick as possible in case something bad does happen. So what, what are the other things? What, what are they looking for in insurance products? Yeah. So, so let, me, um, let me answer it this way. First of all, uh, permanent life insurance, which you just kind of referenced in your description, Permanent life insurance continues to be a really valuable financial tool to, for you to have in your portfolio for a lot of the reasons you mentioned. We like to say it's kind of like that Swiss Army knife that can do so many different things for you. Um, first and foremost, it provides death protection, and you buy permanent life insurance first and foremost because you need the death protection. But in addition to that, like you said, you can you can borrow on the cash value that's built up in the policy, the money that that the cash value grows over time and is guaranteed to grow. It'll never go down. 
that money could be used uh, in retirement uh, to kind of supplement um, your your income in retirement. The other thing that the the industry's done and, and we have done as a company is we're adding different features. So we have added a benefit rider now to our permanent life insurance policy that you can buy. That's an accelerated care benefit. So if you have the need for long-term care in retirement, you can draw down the death benefit to cover your long-term care expenses. And we have found that, again, people are really worried about the impact of health on their finances when they're in retirement because it could take one one major medical incident that could really kind of drain your well, it could bankrupt. Uh, kind of drain your For savings. a lot of people, it will yeah, bankrupt them, quite frankly. It will bankrupt you, yeah. right, right. And, and again, people are worried as they're living longer. This is the flip side. So the good news is we're all living longer. The bad news is because you're living longer, a higher percentage of us are going to need long-term care at the end of life. And so the question is, you know, where are you going to find the money to cover those expenses? And, again, permanent life insurance is another um, product solution to that, uh, to that issue, uh, together with we offer a standalone long-term care policy if you would rather address it uh, through that product vehicle rather than your... Uh, but a lot, your a lot of companies are doing this, though, too, Greg. I mean, they're offering the ability yep. to be able to draw down on that that benefit. So, right. so I don't have to wait to give it to my kids. Let's say I've got a half a million, a million, two million, whatever it might be. Um, right. I can draw down on that to cover my health care over a long period of time, whether it be a nursing home or... Uh, planned care or, right. or, or medical for that, you know, real true medical in terms of I right. developed cancer or something along those lines. To me, that's just a smart move. And and, I, and I've actually seen it in some cases where you can get it in lump sums too, correct? Yeah, yes, I believe that's correct. Yeah. Yep. Yep, it, it, it's almost like taking you, it's like winning. It's I've seen it, the actuaries do it with, or companies, I'm using the wrong word, but mm-hmm. where they uh, you win the lottery. You know, and they'll, they'll let you get the money earlier well, if if you had it paid out over twenty years. Let's say you were lucky to get that. You yeah, that's actually one, get it early. yeah. One way to refer to it, though, I, I think if you have that need for long term care, I'm not sure you won the lottery. But yeah, well, I'm right. talking about yeah, the real lottery, not the yeah, not the not, oh, okay. not the right, cancer the lottery. lottery or something like gotcha. that. Okay, Got, gotcha. <laughs> I just wanted to be clear on that. Yeah, I'm glad you I do. Well, see, that's the attorney of you coming out. So. You know, yeah, I, yeah, there you go. But, but, you I know, sometimes I'm fall here, back on that professional background. Yeah, yeah but Greg, Greg, Greg I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm listening to you, and I'm, I'm very impressed with, I know that you're an attorney. You started with a company many, many years ago, and I don't want to get into your age. I did. But yeah. But, yeah. But, you know, you. 34 years ago. Okay, 34 years ago, but you're, but you're talking as all, you're, you're selling like, almost like you're an agent. I don't even know if you're licensed, but, but you know what I mean? You're, 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 you're really knowledgeable about the products, and you don't always find that with somebody from that discipline. Now, you're president of the company now, but which That's I correct. would think you should be pretty doggone uh, knowledgeable right. about the product. But it, it is impressive right. listening to you, by the way. Yeah. Well, you know, Jeff, I, I've really been fortunate in my career because I started with a company as an attorney right out of law school, worked in our corporate law department. Uh, five years in, um, I had the opportunity to go over to the business side. And I've, I've got to confess, when I was given the opportunity, I was a little bit like, wow, man, I spent three years in law school to become an attorney. I'm not sure I want to be a business person. I think I'm a I'm a I'm an attorney. I'm a professional, but I made the jump, and it was a jump I made early in my career, and um, it put me on a path where I had an opportunity to to work in a variety of areas across the company: operations, technology, 
uh, worked on the product side, ran a product line, um, and now oh, okay. in my current role, I'm responsible for overseeing our uh, career distribution system. Uh, we only distribute our products through Northwestern Mutual Financial Reps and Advisors. So I'm responsible for the growth and health of, of this distribution system, the sales it generates, and then I also have responsibility for marketing. So I've, I've, um, I've really been uh, uh, fortunate in many respects to have worked in so many different areas of this company. It's given me a great, just a great perspective uh, on our business and on our industry. You know, it, it's, it's, and it's kind of fun to be able to know about you and then know about the company. Because quite frankly, I know I've met many people at Northwestern Mutual just because some of them are friends. Used to have uh, right. head of legal was Fred Sweet for years. Now Fred, oh, yeah. Yeah. Fred, Fred was from South Dakota. <laughs> Fred was from he South was, Dakota, right? Yeah. And that's right. And yeah. I used to go hunting with a couple of uh, guys from there. You know, I have never met a person that I haven't liked, and I can't say that at Northwestern Mutual. Now, there's other companies I meet people in the company. I go, I don't like that guy, but but yeah, in Northwestern yeah. Mutual, they're also doggone nice. So yeah. what, what is it about the culture <laughs> that you guys have created? Where they're also, yeah. I mean, they're just nice people. Even, you know, like when we're shooting or playing pool or, you know, I've been in lo- you know, hunting lodges with some of these guys. They're always nice. Yeah. Well, you know, Jeff, I think it's a couple things. Number one, what probably helps us a little bit, we're a Midwest-based company. And, you know, I think the Midwest people tend to be, you know, kind, give of you that. Earth, kind of friendly. And they're not like New York. Times. Not like New York. But, but I've got to, <laughs> yeah, right, right. But I've got to confess there are people probably in town here, some of whom you might meet that you'd like and others you wouldn't like so much. So we've got, we've got a few of those around uh, uh, the oh, area. Can you name them? But Let's I, list them out. Let's li- no, 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 no. Not going down that path. Not going down that path. But, um what I was going to add to it is that not only being a Midwest company, but again, a company that's been in business for as long as we have, you know, it has the rich heritage that we do and a company that's really been on the top of its game and top of its industry uh, for a long, long period of time. And I think we attract people that are drawn to a company that focuses on excellence, focuses on doing business the right way. And we're a mission-driven organization in that we are in business for the benefit of our policy owners like you. So when I wake up in the morning, you know, and I go to work, it's really about um, how do I how do I advance this company in a way that's in the best interest of our policy well, it's, owners. It's ingrained in your culture. Um, let me take another break because I do want to come back to two different things that you just mentioned that kind of trigger some other questions. And I want to talk about my friends at Duncan because I stopped at a local Duncan this morning. I also ran into a good friend of mine, Olivia Stearns, from uh, NBC Today Show. As I was coming out of the Duncan, I almost ran into her with my cup of coffee, but she and I used to work on Bloomberg together. And, um, you know, listen, I don't know what you like to drink, folks, but I like to drink a couple of double espressos. In fact, quite frankly, here, I'm, we're doing this right now at noon. I've already had four of these already today. So, you know, they've got all kinds of different flavors, blueberry, caramel. Now they got mocha, caramel swirl, all these foo-foo ones. So whatever you like, they got it because America runs on Dunkin' and, and so does all business right here. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world, Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. You, uh, Gre- uh, Greg, do you drink coffee? You got to drink coffee from the Midwest. Um, you know, my wife drinks coffee. I'm, I try to make it for her in the morning yeah. <laughs> if I get up early enough. But I, I uh, do not drink coffee. Do you drink tea am, or something? I'm wired or? As, 
I'm wired a certain way, Jeff, that if I drank coffee, you wouldn't want to be in the same room with me. <laughs> you, you, you act more like a New Yorker than a Midwesterner. Is that what? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, must have been my time in law school on the East Coast, so uh, that must have done it to me. I, you know, t- talk to me about one of the things that I've always been, I have admired about the company, and it sounds like I'm going, I'm just flowing over you guys, but I am because I'm very impressed with it. And I, I saw this many years ago, about 20 years ago is when I first saw it, about the the plan that you put your your staff through that are going to sell that it, yeah. it's a it's a real tr- rigor of training and basically yeah. i know from the people that i know in the company that if you work it for the five to seven years that you work it you're pretty much set yes so talk to me yeah, a little bit have... about how you do that and why why that's that's yeah. so critical I, I don't know what it's called like 10 10 something or what i can't remember yeah Yep, the ten three one. It's the you know, we call it the Grant the Granham method, named after one of our former um, uh, office leaders called Al. Uh, his name was Al Granham, and he had a method for um, it was a, it was a ratio that that has held steady to this day. Even the best performers in our system will tell you this ratio still applies. So as you're out there in the marketplace working with people, the ratio is if you encounter ten people, so you get introduced to ten people you're going to be able to go deep with three of them who decide that, hey, they want to go take it to the next step, learn more about products and services from Northwestern. And then of those three, one of them is actually going to purchase a product from you. Mm -hmm. And again, it's amazing. This ratio was established, I think, back in the 60s, maybe, 1960s, so probably about 50 years old now. That ratio still holds up 10-3-1. Well, good good, good stuff always works, doesn't it? It, it does, really, a tried-and-true formula. And back to your earlier point, Jeff, we do run all the people we bring in. So we are a company that will take people right out of college. As a matter of fact, some of our college well, your college, interns Your college interns become some of your best people. I yeah, know that because yeah, my have. son, now listen, I don't even know if you knew this, Greg. My son went through the internship no. program. And, oh, I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, and was one of, he was in the top ten. You know, you have your top ten. Of yep. course, you guys yep. bring him into your annual center. meeting, right? We do. We have the college awards dinner. We recognize our college interns who've done the best over the past year. And so he got uh, done my, with actually, that. Actually, Jeff, I, I recruited him away. I recruited him back here to work. By he's so you're, the, you're the reason he's not in our system. Oh man. Well, I'll tell you what. We, my son went through the same college intern program. He's still with us. He's in his seventh year. Awesome. Uh, with the Northwestern. So um, well, so if he's, he, uh, at he seven years, I mean, that's. I mean, if you work the system like this, ten three one. Now, I, I know in yeah. my business it's ten ten ten. So uh, that's yeah. that's that's the figure I use. You you know whatever number I want to drive from, I work from the bottom and work my way up, and I can figure out the numbers, right. and that's what I got to have in the pipeline. So your yeah. yours is the same way, and you know that your son at the end of seven years, if he's done this and continued to do it, he's pretty much going to have a great life. Yeah, yeah. We have ninety four percent retention. Yeah, once uh, somebody hits five years with us. You know, the point I wanted to make, though, is, you know, the 1031 ratio still applies, but I will tell you what, what has changed in our business is our, our reps have, financial reps have moved toward um, a planning approach in the marketplace. So it's, it's no longer about just going out, meeting somebody and selling a product. It's really been about um, engaging in a planning process to identify what are your specific goals and objectives you're trying to achieve. And then we match the products and solutions to help you achieve your, your, your goals and objectives. And that we have found that, and we studied this very, very closely by taking that planning approach, it's actually leading to higher productivity uh, on the part of our salespeople. So uh, we think that's also something that consumers in today's world 
they are demanding and expecting. They, they don't want to be just sold anymore. But, but Greg, they isn't really that just like sales play. 101? I mean, meeting the needs of the customers as they need them? I mean, I... It, it, it is, Jeff, but I will tell you, I think in the past, and I go to the distant past, I think our, our sales force might have been more focused on just selling a life insurance policy and moving on to mm-hmm. the next person. In this comprehensive planning approach, it opens up the opportunity to meet needs in, a multi, uh, in multiple ways, covering the risk protection need, but also building, you know, a wealth accumulation of portfolio for you, you know, where you start to save money for retirement, coming back later, maybe selling long-term care or possibly selling one of these uh, income annuities I mentioned. So the more comprehensive approach really allows you to go deeper with your client uh, or with the clients than I think we did in the past. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, because of the nature of the business, if you're doing a better job for the customer, building that relationship leads to them introducing you to other relationships. There you go. Yeah. There you go. As you know, as your son probably experienced when he was an intern, those referrals are so critical <laughs> to your to yeah. you building your practice. So he, wor- he worked uh, my Rolodex. Let me tell you, he worked my role. He, you know, he was, he was oh, a smart uh, kid. He'd call me every night and say, "Dad, can I go through the next hundred names? Can I go through the oh next?" Oh my gosh! And that's what he did. Yeah, my son did the same. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> well, that's good what for you smart. for helping that's him what... out. If you ended up in the top ten, that was that's awesome because well, some of our college interns do some tremendous production. Well, I got to tell you, one of the things he he told me, I said, I said, son, how are you out doing everybody else? He goes, well, here's one tip, Dad. He says everybody grabs the phone off the cradle and then picks it up, makes a phone call, and then hangs the cradle back up. I never let loose of the phone to the cradle. He said, I can make three times more calls than them because I don't have to, I'm not hanging it up that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a smart that's kid. That's cool. That's smart. That's, that's smart. a smart kid. That's, that's and you know, you know what we found too is college interns who go on to other businesses, they tell us the what they learned in terms of the art of selling have served them so well with other organizations. So it's training that's uh, uh, great for anybody. Well, you know, it's like our training that we had, some of us had when we were teenagers. I don't know what, what job did you do when you were a teenager? Oh, I was a camp counselor. Oh, I did good. that. I, I ran a lawn and garden business with yeah. a buddy of mine. Uh, we mowed lawns and did all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so a couple of those type of jobs. Yeah. And I was a, a stock runner at the, at the commodity exchange. I was a, oh, wow. a runner that would run the bids into the pits. Yep, which, which, job, which job did you like the most? When you were growing up, you know, I, I the one I liked the most and was the hardest was running the lawn and garden business, just because yeah. you ran your own business and I could see the money coming in and had unlimited possibilities for us. But I just worked my tail off. It was yeah, hard. it's not a business I for scale. It's a tougher business for scale. You know, it is. Yeah. It is good. Exactly. Good lifestyle business. Well, speaking of time, uh, we're almost running out. I'm going to talk about Sane Box. This might be, this might be helpful for you, Greg. I, I'm swamped okay. by emails, and I spend hour and hours sorting what's important and what's not until I found SaneBox. Now, SaneBox, S-A-N-E, Box. I, I was in the same spot until I found them. It intelligently sorts through your emails so you can deal with the most important ones. After re- really about three days, it trains your email. And start you start putting them into boxes like Black Hole or Later or Invitations or this. And after three days... It starts to sort them for you so that when you wake up in the morning, you don't have 180, you got 18 in front of you. And then you can tag them to follow back up. So, Greg, if I was getting a hold of you, I would put like one day at SaneBox in the in the blind copy. And if you hadn't gotten back to me, and a day that day later it pops back in my inbox saying, hey, Greg, hasn't you haven't heard from Greg. 
So it, it's an unbelievable tool. And if you, everybody that's listening, look, if you want two weeks free, and the, the thing's like 20 bucks a month. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's the best, the, the best secret weapon I have. But go to www.sanebox.com forward slash Hazlet. Or just email me, tweet me, and I'll tell you what it is again. Anyway, that's something I use. Uh, hey, I want to give you a chance, uh, Greg, just to kind of give any kind of shameless plug for a charity, group, whatever, anything you'd like to push. I mean, you've been pushing Northwestern Mutual the whole interview. That's okay. But anything yeah. else? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, maybe I'll just stay on the same track if you don't mind. It's okay uh, with me. You, you, you mentioned, you know, I've been here uh, 34 years, so a uh, long time uh, Northwestern guy. I've got the tattoo on my arm, you know, from that many years of service. But i got to tell you, it's just been a phenomenal organization to work for. And what, what I'm most excited about is, even though we are a 160-year-old company, we are recognizing the need to innovate and to become even more relevant to our clients. So as we grow our distribution system, as we maintain our product values and our financial strength, we are at the same time investing to create this distinct uh, client experience that I talked to you about, Jeff. And it's all is again, we move toward being at the center of our clients' financial lives. We recognize um, it's important to have all of that uh, operating together to drive us forward. So it's an exciting time for us. I'm excited to be in the role that I'm in here at the company and um, and really appreciate this opportunity to have that chance to dialogue with well, you Well, it's been a pleasure. And, and talking about, you know, because this is on everybody, you know, seven out of ten people believe there's a likelihood they're going to outlive their savings. Yet nearly yeah. half of them have taken those steps. This is a great way to be able to talk about it. i got to ask you one last question. you still doing the calendar? We still are still doing the calendars, yep. Yeah, uh, the the Audubon bird calendars. Yeah, and, that's awesome. Uh, I, 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 do, yeah. I do get mine. I hang it up in my, my outdoor garage area because it's so yeah. it's, it's beautiful, and I just think it reminds me of something. But i got a, one wild story i got to tell you, and it's, pro- it's you probably have heard this story. Um, okay. A gentleman in Sioux Falls who was my agent, I'm telling you, 30-some years ago. And okay. older guy, gosh, I, I want to say his name was Roy, but I think, I'm pretty sure it was Roy. And he goes to buy his calendars, does, does it every year. And what happened toward the end of his career, he was still out there working, and he went online and ordered his calendars, but unfortunately typed an extra zero or two behind oh, the number. No. Exactly. So instead of a thousand, a semi truck oh. pulls up with ten thousand oh. calendars. And oh, they, and Everybody in Sioux Falls got a calendar. Everybody that year, huh? got a calendar that year. Wow! It was absolutely hilarious and just the funniest thing in the world. So I remember him, you know, sheepishly telling that story. And then, of course, I heard it's become legend. Certainly in, yeah. the, in the South Dakota office, if not amongst a lot of managing directors. Uh, in that's, your a, that's a great, great story. Great oh, story. Yeah. yeah. Fortunately, I haven't ordered that many, but every year. Around the holidays, my relatives all line up. They want their Audubon calendar, so they're gorgeous. I, I order a slew of them myself. Yeah. You know, you know, and that's something that says about there's some things about tradition and heritage and just culture that you you know, if you tried to get rid of that calendar, I think there'd be an uproar. Yeah, you yeah, know? there would definitely be a backlash. There's no question about it. All right. Absolutely. Well, listen, I gotta t- I gotta thank you very much. I appreciate all you do, and I appreciate you do for me, and my family, and then I appreciate you coming right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. You're welcome, Jeff. I really enjoyed it. Taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world, Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. At the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned. There was a phrase that I picked up today from Greg that I liked, the decumulation phase. Wow. 
you know, I'm always into this, you know, getting what I'm getting and getting and getting as much as I possibly can, right? Because uh, that's uh, how I keep score, by making money and building wealth for me and my family. But I need to be thinking about the decumulation phase. What comes to the point, because I'm an earner, and many of you that are listening are earners. What are you doing to protect yourself for when you don't earn anymore? And you got to live off the nest that you've built. I think this is a great, great wake-up call for a lot of us to be listening to this, the decumulation phase. And then the other thing I learned, hey, that remember that you said the 10, the 3, the 1? Oh, my gosh. What's your system? I got a system. So if I want to drive a certain revenue figure, I know that it's 10, 10, 10. So I figure it up. 10% of this then leads to 10 times that and 10 times that. That's what I got to have in the funnel. That's my list. That's the way I do it. But what, do you, what is yours? What is yours? And I work the system, work the system, work the system. That's what these guys in Northwestern Mutual do. And I'm telling you, these guys are successful. I know a lot of them. And these guys are making really good money. But they got to work that 10-3-1 system. And they got to do it for seven years. And they do it for seven years. Those guys are pretty much going to be playing golf and going hunting and doing the stuff that they want to do. And I'm saying guys, I mean girl, gals too, not the girls. Don't get mad at me. Don't be writing me. Okay, write me, tweet me. I don't care. But you know what I'm talking about. I'm not trying to be derogatory mean i'm hey look i'm talking about all of you that want to make money so there it is right there that's what i learned today on all business with jeffrey hazel don't forget help somebody else learn pass this on to somebody else so they will listen and don't forget go on itunes and rate us but you can find us right here all business with jeffrey hazel on play.it on cbs and itunes This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.